This is so wizarding. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare. You are listening to So Wizards. You're thinking, you're the people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 449 of the So Wizard Podcast. I am your host, Joy DiCarlo, and my co-host this week, we've got the expert, Mr. Marquis, Markellis Ricketts. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. And we got to go to the bench once again with a horror movie on the docket and get one of our best friends from the world of podcasting. That's right, guys. He's back again. It's John from the Pint, colon, a pop culture <laughs> podcast. Who gives a fuck about movies? <laughs> There's times I definitely feel that. I feel that in my soul sometimes. But you, the listener, are listening to So Wizard Podcast, where three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. This week, we've got our review of Scream 2022 Part 2, <laughs> a.k.a. Scream 6. <laughs> but before we get into all of that, how the hell is everyone doing this week? John from The Pint. Welcome back to the show, and how the hell are you? Doing good, doing good, man. It's awesome to be back. I think uh, the last time I was here was for uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Uh, <laughs> so I think you guys felt like, well, at least Mark felt like he owed me a, you know, a redo. Uh, when when I heard Joey give that in his top, like, what, 10 or 5 movies of last year? Number I, uh, 3 for me, I think. I tried I tried uh, meth for the first time ever, because uh, I just figured, I figured my, my world's falling apart. I might as well fucking just let it go. Oh God! <laughs> right, number one, don't let Joey's decisions influence your life whatsoever. Otherwise, that's a long, dark path you'd be walking down, dude. Mark, if Mark, has, if Mark has learned nothing over the last eight eight and a half years, that's the, that's the number one lesson. I wish you told me that, like back in January, Mark, because I'm addicted to methamphetamines now. <laughs> What's well, better than owning bodies, bodies, bodies on Blu-ray, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, but other than that, how are you? No, everything's good. Everything's going good. Uh, having a good time with uh, with the pint, a pop culture podcast. Throw the colons in there if you want. Uh, every week, me and Lloyd just talk about different movies. Do uh, some list episodes. Just it's just been fun. We're we're about to hit year six, so we're not we're not quite at so wizard level, but we're you know we're we're like junior so wizard. We're getting there. You're not that far behind. Yeah, well, you guys what nine? Like that's six upside down, man. You, you got you got yourself a a good little buffer. The, the more you say it out loud, the worse it sounds. I have to say, <laughs> say nine years. Like, oof. Why don't we? Why don't we take a few years off and let John catch up? That's what I'm thinking. Because <laughs> then we'll never catch superhero speak. <laughs> <laughs> I did the math, Mark. I think it's like fourteen percent of my life has been spent podcasting. <laughs> Good lord. Try not to think about it. But uh, we're glad to have you here, John. Please tell the listeners a little bit about The Pint and where they can find you. All right. So anywhere you can get your podcast, same places you can get So Wizard. We have a YouTube channel. And like I said, it's me and my buddy Lloyd. And uh, we don't generally do newer movies. We throw some in here and there. 
but we kind of uh, we kind of do the retro stuff. Um, we kind of talk about uh, all movies uh, genres. We have several different like sub series that we throw in. So we do some horror stuff. We do some stuff uh, like we had uh, last year, Mark and Joey on on our SFA '80s science fiction fantasy uh, action '80s, and we talked about uh, Megaforce, which was a great time. We, we, we just we love to do stuff like that uh we do trash tolerable treasure where we talk about trash movies our current episode as of uh, right now is howard the duck and we determine whether or not we think they really are so we just we try to do a bunch of different things all right we are glad to have you here thanks for showing up i know we can always count on you when aubrey's not around anytime <laughs> mark ellis reagan's how are you i'm doing good man i'm doing good i just want to say that the pint uh is one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, John, I, you're one of my favorite podcasters, dude. I sometimes dislike doing this job. You are like my go-to guy. Like, I want to be like John. John, oh. right? that's the guy that I want to be like. So I am glad to have you on this week's show, dude. Thank you, dude. I'm, I hope my mom's check to you clears for <laughs> saying that stuff. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing good, dude. Uh, you know, another week, some more So Wizard Designs went up on the T Public site. So, uh, you know, Arbery's uh, Kenny Loggins shirt is finally available. <laughs> I don't even understand the shirt. I'm so oh, confused. It's awesome. I saw it. Uh, I'm going to buy a mug. It is awesome. <laughs> so, when we did our Kenny Loggins uh, songs on the Patreon episode, we talked about our favorite uh, Kenny Loggins songs. And me and Aubrey both, for our number two song, uh, picked I'm Free, Heaven Helped Him. Heaven Help Me? Heaven Helped the Man, which is from the Footloose soundtrack. And, you know, me and Arby obviously didn't speak about it beforehand. It just so happens that we both like that deep cut Kenny Loggins song. So Aubrey designed this shirt and then said that's what she wanted. And, you know, it took a little little elbow grease. But, uh, yeah, I finally got it up. So, yes, if you want to support the show and buy some merchandise with the Soul Wizard designs on it, please visit our Public store uh, and help us because... Movies are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Other than that, everything going okay, Mark? Uh, yeah, yeah. Can't complain. Well, week four of the 10-week escalade or escapade is uh, pretty much done. I said that as I was leaving the theater. Four down, six to go. Yeah, so we can get one week off and go right back to the theater. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You guys are nuts, man. It's uh, It's a crazy year. I don't know what it is. I think... Maybe some stuff that got put in production during COVID or what just kind of came out. But like, Mark, has it ever been like this? But like, not ever before, but like during the podcast, like it's March and we're just like hitting it like bang, 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 bang. Every week a movie coming out. There's actually movies coming out that we would have probably done on the show that we can't even fit into the schedule. Like 65, we definitely would have done that on the show, but yeah. we we can't it, we can't fit it in the schedule. Uh, well, the thing is, we're getting the the kind of arch of all of the sequels from the movies that we did three years ago. <laughs> They're all coming out like at the same time. So it's just sequel mania. So it is ironic that the one original movie that comes out is the one that we're not doing. It does make sense though, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, how am I doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, you know, I'm just really tired. I'm really tired at a long weekend, crazy weekend. I sadly did not get to six movies this weekend. I'm really sad about it. It's been my goal every weekend is to try to watch six movies. Um, part of my 
overall goal to get to 160 this year. First time watches. I'm at 55 now. Come yeah, on. you're you're gonna make it, guy. I, I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry if you only watch four this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but I did watch a couple of movies during the week, so that helped a little bit. I had time during the week. I just I had to work a lot at my second job this weekend because we had a changeover in the store, and it was just a lot. I was very busy. Um, I worked Friday night seven to midnight, and then I worked Sunday night six to ten. And I honestly could have stayed later, but I had to get up for seven a.m. to be at work for seven a.m. this morning as we record this. So, uh, but I did watch uh, Ninja Project Daredevils, fantastic movie on Tubi. If you like bad movies, uh, yet another of my favorite subgenre of karate movies. Someone buys the rights to two different movies, edits them together with zero care for comprehension. <laughs> it's incomprehensible and the uh dubbing is horrendous uh it was great i loved it i loved it uh, i loved it and then me and my son watched neil breen's pass through oh why would you do that to him uh we he wanted to watch a neil breen movie he's like we got to watch the rest of his movies i'm like all right uh, so i found on internet archive they actually have two of the ones that we hadn't seen yet so we picked pass through which is about guess what mark guess what it's about is it about aliens? <laughs> it's about AI, <laughs> artificial intelligence. Oh, God. He is a guy who's like a bum that lives in the desert. And some uh, like the cartel is trafficking refugees through the desert and they give him heroin and he dies. But then somehow comes back from the future <laughs> as a super powered AI. God, and the fact that you actually watched this movie, and you're going to count this as one of your uh, 160 haven't seen before movies. Yep. That's he, uh, he he's going to kill like three million people who suck. Basically, is like his goal from the future. The worst. He's, and he's like the ultra terminator. Yeah, you can only guess what type of people these are, Mark. I don't think I want to know. Politicians, lawyers. <laughs> The usual suspects. <laughs> it was really funny. Me and my son were laughing so hard. We were crying. Um, don't worry. There are superimposed animals in it and stuff. So in case you were scared. I mean, does uh, he does he pet a, a picture of an eagle again? No, it was a tiger. <laughs> he's supposed to be in the desert. And he's petting it. And it in the background where the he tried to cut out the tiger from wherever he got the footage from. It's like snow on the ground. <laughs> This does not sound good. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's beyond bad. It's it's literally like having a stroke for two hours. That's what I, I liken his movies to. But I love them. They're bad movie classics. Then, speaking of bad movie classics, I then watched Savage Beach on Tubi, which I had never seen before. Is that is that a uh, <clears throat> what's the guy's name? Um, Andy Sedaris. Yeah, Sedaris. Okay, yeah. Um, what's the one? Oh God, I watched it a couple years ago during the pandemic. Um, it's so fantastic. Hard uh, time to like Hollywood or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it is incredible. There's a it, it's an action movie, but then at one point at the end, there's a toilet snake that's like like this giant toilet snake shoots out of a toilet, and it the it's just insane. His movies are are insane. I really wanted to like this one, but it just wasn't as good as that. And of what I've heard of that, I never saw that one. I never saw this one either. I always saw it on the video store shelf as a kid and I wanted to rent it, but it was just not good. There was a lot of a ton of 80s chicks boobs in it. 
and some really bad acting and action, but man, it never ever came together into really being an enjoyable watch. And then I was just really tired after that, so I just watched a documentary about the Redeem team on uh, Netflix, which was not as good as The Last Dance, sadly. Still chasing that dragon for that The Last Dance being an amazing basketball documentary. Nothing has lived up to it since. So, um, but yeah, I'm at 55, so 105 to go. Yeah, you you've got this. It's it's friggin' March, Joey. You got it. I'm trying, I'm trying, man. The sooner I finish, then it's the sooner I can start actually watching TV shows and stuff. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for Attack on Titan right now. I have to watch movies. So. <laughs> but enough about us. You know what? Let's talk a little bit more about us. Marcellus Reagans, please tell the listeners where they can find more. So is your podcast. All right. So everybody can go over to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find a brand new episode every week. Uh, you'll also find some movie reviews from yours truly. Uh, you'll find some recommendations on new movies, books, and TV shows from the awesome Adam Mollyhawk. Uh, you'll also find our merchandise there. We have a tea public store where you can shop to get some t-shirts, sweatshirts, journals, coffee mugs, baby onesies, all types of things with the SoWizard Podcast logo and designs all over it. Uh, you can also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, so definitely get at us. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a five-star review while you're there. Uh, you can also find our show wherever podcasts are found, including Stitcher Radio app, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, my personal favorite, Spotify. We have a YouTube page with videos going up constantly from Adam Mollyhawk, including movie reviews, trailers, uh, trailer reactions, and interviews. Uh, we have a Patreon page where you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month, and you will be receiving bonus content and exclusive content from everyone here at the show. Shout out to all of our podcasting family in the Geek World All-Stars Podcast and Network. Back to you, Joey. Okay? You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following. It takes a lot of time. We are back. All right, guys, it's time for us to review the sixth movie in the Scream franchise, Scream 6. As always, we're going to start non-spoilers. We'll get our non-spoiler impressions out of the way. Uh, if you haven't seen it at that point, it's time to bounce because then Mark will drop the drop. And we will delineate spoilers for you. So we're going to talk a little bit more. And we are going to spoil Scream 6 when you hear that drop. Otherwise, non-spoiler until then. Let's get it going with uh, our trip to the movies. Mark Ellis Reagans, how was your theater-going experience? Well, I have spent enough time in the other theaters that are not my usual spot. So I was really going to make the effort to try to make it to the, uh, to the big theater with the comfy chairs. And, you know, Scream's opening weekend, most of the shows were sold out. I did find uh, a theater that had a couple of seats open. So went to the theater and realized why I hate opening weekends. Or <laughs> <laughs> movies because, holy shit, these people around me would not shut up at all. It's so annoying. And I'm like, man, I wanted the theater going experience so bad during the pandemic. And now that I have it, I'm like, fuck. I wish I could have watched this at home. 
Now you missed the twenty dollar rental for Willy's Wonderland. Seriously, I'll, I'll pay the twenty bucks. I don't even care at this point. Uh, but yeah, you know, popcorn was good. They had small popcorns. They brought it back, so that was good. And uh, you know, just annoying people in a horror movie. It's 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 not the best. Not the best experience. I think that's kind of part for the course with opening weekend for horror movies. Unfortunately, yeah, a lot of dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> John, how was your trip to the movies? Uh, a lot of dickheads. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I went to my hometown theater, which I haven't been to in a while. Uh, it's about 20 years old at this point. It had stayed pretty fresh and new until the pandemic. And then I guess when everything came back, I don't know, man. I, I went there last year to see something in the summertime. <clears throat> First time I'd been back since the pandemic. And it was just, it just was dirtier. Like like Mark mm. talks about the Dirt Mall Theater. It was, It just wasn't as clean as it used to be half of the um, reclining seats wouldn't work in the theater I went to. So this, this weekend I went on Saturday afternoon and it had been a year and, uh, or almost a year and the theater seemed like it cleaned up a little bit. And um, when I went into the theater, I want, I it wasn't a lot of people in there, but I just picked a seat and I was way too close. So I, I had that moment like during the, um, at this theater, they have commercials beforehand, like local commercials and stuff. And I thought, can I sit through this whole movie at this, like at this closeness or should I move? And I said, you know what? I'm going to move. I went almost all the way to the back of the theater. It was in one of the smaller theaters because it was playing on two screens. Mm -hmm. And I sat by myself at the end by the aisle. And I sat next to a gaggle of dickhead kids that through the whole movie. And I mean, through the whole movie, there was probably five or six of them. And they were probably between 11 and 13 they each got up, I'm assuming to go refill their drink or go to the bathroom or hang out about 15 times. And I'm not saying 15, like exaggeration, 15, I'm saying 15 times. And they, they had to walk by me and, you know, I'm a very patient dude. I, I work retail 30 years. So like I, I, I can stow it, but like, I didn't want to be that guy, adult guy by himself screaming at a bunch of kids. Because, you know, you don't know what could happen at that point. So I just kept my cool. Um, but, man, they sucked. They sucked so bad. And um, and it, it just, it's like, it seems like the pandemic, like people went to their homes and then forgot how to act out. <laughs> uh, a lot of people. It seems like they, we a lot of us regressed to barbarianism. And um, these kids, I don't know why they were there. They should have just been anywhere else an arcade do those still exist they should have been an arcade they should have been at a mcdonald's they should not have been at scream six but overall overall they weren't it didn't like take away like in terms of like i could still hear what was going on and everything but it was just like it was kind of maddening it's an r-rated movie how are they even there yeah i don't know if someone got them in and uh and maybe went to another but they were they were there was five or six of them and none of them were older than 14 at, at tops sucks well yeah i hate i hate to be number three but i also had an annoying movie going experience <laughs> so um i had to fit it in this weekend obviously you know and mark this is just what we do i'm sure you completely understand when you're going to the movies 48 50 times a year we've got <laughs> got to fit it in when we can because we got to record and it, again I, I say this all the time in some of the um podcasting spaces i'm in when they're talking about like Oh, find a guest, get a friend. And I'm like, you know, I have my list of our friends that I know I can count on to be as crazy as us if we need a guest. Right. Uh, it's very not, 
I don't want to say it's it's bad, but it's I feel putting somebody out almost with it. That's not used to it. You know, John is used to this. He's been on the show before. He understands what's happening. <laughs> oh, it's homework, man. I, I was I was like I told my wife, I'm like, I have to go see Scream Six in the <laughs> next in the next three days. I'm like, I don't care when it is, but it has to happen before Monday at 730. Right. I've got to make this fucking happen. Right. Then think about that every weekend. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's why. That's why on our show we review movies that I own on Blu-ray or can bring up on Tubi. <laughs> Tubi. Oh man, let's do some Cynthia Rothrock movies. Um, <laughs> so I had to go see it. So I picked a time. I asked my son, "When do you want to go?" And he was like, "I don't care." So that was the best news I heard because he didn't have a set time. So we just went at two o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, and I'm like, "Okay." This is going to be fine. It's the theater is not packed. The good news is that Mark, you'll appreciate this. I didn't have to pay for the tickets. Oh, nice. I won a $20 gift card uh, for Amazon at my first job, my real job. And I used that plus some points I had from, I said, when I pay for stuff on Amazon with my Amazon credit card, mm -hmm. it gives you points that you can then turn around and use like money on Amazon. <laughs> Right. So I had some of those building up and I um I was able to get a $25 Fandango gift card that they emailed you the code for free. So I was able to go to the movies for free. So I didn't have to pay money to go to the movies. So that was good. But when I when I picked our seats, I picked our regular seats. There was nobody within three rows of us. I was so happy. We get there, we get our seats, we're relaxing, we're watching Newvie, the same damn commercial about Shazam keeps playing. Maria Menounos' laugh. Everything's great. Then this group, I want to say 30 people come in. And they were like, there was probably, before these people came in the theater, there were probably like two people sitting down the front, one person on the other side of the theater. Okay. 30 people, no exaggerating, come in. They take up the entire row next to us, and the guy sits directly next to me. Yeah. <laughs> then they take up the entire row behind us. There's the whole theater is open, but they had to like seat their group completely around us. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And like, then the dudes, so now I'm not comfortable because I can't like be comfortable in my chair. Cause there's like a guy I don't know, like right next to me. You're sharing an armrest with a stranger. Nobody's yeah. comfortable with that. Yeah. It's, so this theater doesn't have the big comfy seats. Mark uh, Hadley has just regular, they're still comfy oh. seats, but they're not recliner seats. If right. it had been recliner seats, it would have been fine because they're so big, like the guy wouldn't have been like practically in my lap. But then he sits, stands up and takes off his big giant winter coat that he then puts down in the chair, which is now half in my seat. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to fucking say something, but like I have my son with me and I don't want to cause a scene and have to fight like 30 college students in the movie theater. These fuckers talked through the whole movie. Yep. They were farting around their phones and they had their flashlights on their phones on nonstop. Holy shit. And not to go into spoilers for the movie, but you know, there's callbacks to other scream movies in it. Don't worry because this guy had to explain all of them to the guy sitting next to him <laughs> who would then look it up on his phone. <laughs> it's an interactive experience. Oh my God. I, just, I could not believe it. And, and we talk about this all the time. And the reason we talk about our theater going experience sometimes on here is one because it's usually funny and two because i consider this shit sacred like i want to be there i want to see the commercials i want to see the trailers i want it to be quiet and i want to enjoy the movie going experience and man that really fucking pissed me off why would you be on your phone you joey I, I, just out of experience just 
you know, being a guy similar age and understanding where you're coming from, it's it's just it's different now. It's it is totally different now. Kids who go to the movies now, they it's not just to go watch a movie. It's to interact with their phones and all this shit. And I know I sound like a seventy year old guy right now, but it's the absolute fucking truth. It, it's not just a okay. It's, it's not it. I don't get it. I get I get my movie logged on Letterboxd. I post about it on Facebook. I'll usually take a picture of the ticket and like post it on socials. Um, I get all my so wizard social media obligations done out of the way before the movie even starts for there's even anything playing on the screen i don't know why this is so hard for people but yeah so it was a little frustrating during the movie i tried my best to ignore it but man i was just fuming i was totally identifying with Ghostface at times being like i wish i could do this just stand up and murder all these people <laughs> in the movie theater like it needs to be a, a horror movie not killing people based on horror movies but based on how shitty they are the like, if I was Ghostface, I would call somebody, and if they answered their phone, I would kill them in the movie theater. Have, have you ever seen, just out of curiosity, the um, the television show Hannibal? No. From a few years ago? Um, Han- so it's Hannibal Lecter, um, and it was Mads Mikkelsen, and one of his, like, his tenants was, don't be rude, or he'll kill you. He Like, he killed rude people. Uh, that was like one of the things he went after. So there you go. Well, it's maybe not Ghostface, but Hannibal does it in the TV show. I like it already. <laughs> All right. Well, another question for you guys before we get into this, and don't really give anything away about Scream Six yet. But uh, John, are you a big fan of this franchise? No, it's I'm a. It, it's enjoyable to an extent, but not a big fan by any means. Wow. Okay. Um, Mark Ellis. I wouldn't say I'm a big fan, but I became a bigger fan of it after the last one, uh, Scream 2022. That's when I, I watched them all right leading up to that, and that's when I completely fell in love with the franchise. All right. I, I've said it before on this show. I, I, I do like this franchise quite a bit. I will say I have not seen three and four in a long time. <laughs> so I don't know how those ones hold up, but I did watch one and two uh, within the last year. We watched those in the lead up to the next one coming out in 2022. And I really liked 2022 as well. So uh, I would say I'm a fan of it. I think uh, Dollars for Donuts is probably one of the best horror franchises out there. There's not a very bad entry. Yeah, I think I think the first one is absolutely a classic. Yeah. And obviously it paved the way for so many different things in horror movies with, you know, kind of bringing the slasher back and the self-referential idea. And, you know, not to mention it also like accidentally birthed like all the scary movies, whether you like those or not. It, so it obviously did a lot of things. Plus um, Rose McGowan's nipples in the first one. Yeah. 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 No problem with that. Um, but yeah, I, I think the first one really came out of the gate strong. And then the rest uh, for what I've seen, we'll talk about the six, but I, I've enjoyed them. It's just, it's not necessarily something that like I'm, I'm dying for. All right. Well, it's time. It's time to talk about scream six. So non-spoiler. What did you think, Marcellus Reagan? You know, coming off of Scream 5, which I loved, I thought was fantastic, I wasn't quite sure how this one was going to hold up, uh, considering it's like it's barely a year later, right? Like, how good of an idea could they have possibly come up with, put it down on paper, filmed it, and get it into the theaters a year after the last one? So you were hoping this was not the electric boogaloo to Scream 2022's <laughs> break-in? Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, it's, it's okay. 
I did have some issues with it, uh, and especially compared to the other screen movies, I think it does what's some what it's expected to do, which is the slasher aspect. But the other elements that I love about the other movies are not in this one. So I was disappointed by it, but it's a decent enough slasher movie. It's something that I would watch again, but I don't love it as much as I love the other ones. All right. John from the pints. What'd you think? It's okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. I mean, it had, it definitely had its moments, but there's a lot that bothered me about it. Um, I saw the 2022 one last year when it came out on like on VOD and I thought, you know, these two guys, Radio Silence, whatever they're called, they did a good job of like, kind of like bringing it to the current time, connecting it to the originals, and then also really upgrading like the gore and the the violence is is pretty heavy in, in that one and this one. But I didn't. I, I thought, and we'll get into it. I thought New York was going to be a much bigger <laughs> scream in New York. They made such a big deal of it. It's not even New York. It's I think it's I think I read it's like Montreal, <laughs> but it, it oh, it's Montreal. It didn't even feel like it really mattered too too much. There were some scenes here and there, and again we'll get into it. But it, it's okay overall. Man, I gotta tell you guys. So, Cocaine Bear was something I see people just head over heels for, and then we reviewed it, and we were kind of like, eh. And here we are, Scream Six, and people are. I'm seeing letterbox reviews from people I'm friends with, and you guys might know some of them too, that are giving this four out of five, four and a half out of five, five, going absolutely wild, best movie since Scream 1, and I am right there with you guys. I was disappointed by this movie. I was really disappointed by this movie. Um, I understand the limitations of writing, directing, and getting it out the door in less than a year, but man, this was... uh, this was a letdown to me. This was a letdown. I had a bunch of problems with the movie that I can't get into at all without spoiling it, but there's a lot of disappointing things in this movie. There's some good things in this movie too. Don't get it twisted. Uh, it's not horrible, yeah. but it's, I was expecting this to be just a grand slam out of the park between the setting, the cast, everybody coming back from the last one, which I really liked. And, and and I just don't feel like they nailed it at all, man. I feel like the script just lets this movie down over and over again. I was just disappointed. So that's the best I can do without spoiling a goddamn thing is to tell you I was extremely disappointed by this movie. And it sounds like between the three of us, we are not exactly ready to do backflips around the house. So <laughs> <laughs> there's only one way to keep talking, and that is to spoil it. So if you haven't seen it, you kind of know the three of us were disappointed, but... Your mileage may vary, so go watch it and come back. The rest of you stick around. We are going to spoil Scream 6. We're not allowed to talk about spoilers here. Uh, I've got some spoilers. One clear spoiler. Here's a spoiler. You will die alone. (laughs) All right. We're going to get into it with things that we liked. Markellis, you mentioned being disappointed, but what are things you liked about the movie? All right, so things that I liked about the movie. I actually really liked the opening uh, with uh, Samara Weaving. Uh, I thought that was actually, you know, it was interesting. It was unique. It, it played into the New York setting with the alleyway and all of that stuff. And the fact that you get to see her death, which was pretty brutal, 
uh, and then you get to see the killer. You get to see Ghostface remove the mask. Full on subverting expectations. I thought that Ryan was like- Johnson was <laughs> thrilled in the movie theater. He stood up and applauded. He's like, "Yes, <laughs> that's how you do it." <laughs> if only Ghostface would have sat down on a rock and disappeared at that point. <laughs> It's funny you should bring up Ryan Johnson. Um, <laughs> then Courtney so, Cox could go to a casino or something for half the movie. So the reveal of Ghostface, I liked. I liked the whole dynamic between the core four. I thought Chad was hilarious. I actually really enjoyed that. I liked the chemistry between all of them. Um, Jenna Ortega was actually like, there's one scene in this movie where she has to like deliver like some you know serious, dramatic, sisterly, whatever. And she was really good. And I like it like woke me up for a second. I'm like, oh, oh, she's actually acting in this movie. Good for her. <laughs> uh so she she's actually really good. I, I I liked her. I thought for sure she was dead. <laughs> she was gonna die by the end of this movie. That um, was my number one concern because that's just would be par for the course in this franchise, would be for her to die in the pre credit sequence. Yeah, and based the on most what popular you- actress on earth right now, <laughs> it would make a hundred percent sense for her to not make it through the opening credit yeah i, I kind of thought the same thing i kind of thought that like scream like kind of put her on the map and then the uh adam's family the wednesday show like really made her super popular so i kind of and i know that they filmed this before like that probably came out but in my head when i saw her obviously in the trailers and stuff i'm like oh she's done with this shit she's gonna be killed like in the first 12 minutes and you know and be out of scream so she has time to do everything else that she's going to be doing <laughs> yeah i was also very surprised but i mean i'm not going into downs but it's not surprising she didn't die in this movie because nobody fucking died in this movie hold that back hold on to that. okay we're, sorry we're things we like we're things sorry we like. <laughs> uh so i think because of the kind of weakness of the script they had to counterbalance it by making the kills very gruesome uh, so I actually really, really enjoyed the fact that these kills were like really bloody and really violent. There's always a quote unquote Randy scene in these movies where Randy explains the rules of the movie that they happen to be in. Part five, it worked excellently. I love the last one. This one, you could tell it was kind of forced, but I still love that scene so much. I don't even care how bad it is. I just love the fact that it's in there. And that, you know, that's the part where that connects directly to me. That would be me in the horror movie. If, if I was in Scream, I would be that character. I, I hope anyway. Uh, and then there's, we're in spoilers. When they do show the ghost face killers <laughs> and they show them together, they're kind of like a tandem, you know, twinsy moves. I thought it was kind of cool because you haven't seen that before in a Scream movie. Uh, so I visually, I thought that was cool. I like that they brought back Kirby from the from part four. They yeah, brought her. They brought her back with her. I want to talk to the manager haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate myself or I hate the movie when I left it, so it was entertaining enough at the time. Okay, John. Not things you didn't like. Things that you liked. About Mark. <laughs> Mark covered a lot of it. Um, the the opening, the twist on the opening, I liked a lot. I like the fact that it led into the real killer taking out the, you know, the wannabe killers. But for a minute, I actually got really excited in the theater and thought, are we going to do this whole movie where we know who the killer is? I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not a screenwriter, but I thought this is going to be kind of cool. 
So I was a little disappointed that they didn't go through with that, but I still liked how they did it. I liked the fact that, you know, he takes the mask off and you're like, is that Flash Thompson? Like, and, yeah. <laughs> and okay, so here we go. And then the whole twist with him and the roommate, that was all really good. Um, some of the set pieces I liked. I liked the set piece in the bodega with the shotgun um, because it was just, you know, something you hadn't seen before uh with with uh with ghostface i really liked the set piece in um in gail weather's apartment um yeah. i like the fact that um she decides to star 69 him and like i don't think anybody's ever done that before that i remember to to locate him and she you know she shoots through the, the closet door um but yeah other than that it was there was some witty dialogue for sure but there always is in these movies um and again i'll piggyback on mark um he said chad i i can't remember any of the characters names i think of chad as um kind of drake but then i found out that he's actually cuba gooden jr's son in real life <gasps> which i did not know um so oh, trip two coming up cuba cuba gooding jr jr but he was really good he was a character i liked a lot um the uh I almost said Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulroney. Um, <laughs> it, it was cool to see him. I'm a big Young Guns fan, so I hadn't seen him in a little bit uh, as the police detective. Uh, uh, yeah, so th there were some good set pieces in it, but Mark said a lot of it. The, the opening, some of some of the um, the oh, and and again, Mark said this the the gore. The you know we get someone getting stabbed through the mouth. We get someone who gets stabbed through the nose, and I like the fact that in the in the movie the the characters are like stabbed through the nose. <laughs> well, let's see. What did I like about this movie? So I'm going to agree with both you guys. I liked the upped level of gore. I think that though this is the top of where I would want Scream as a franchise to be gore wise. I think this is the ceiling for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I liked it, and I thought it was it was cool because the the kills were a lot more brutal in this one. And if you watch the very first one, it's really tame. <laughs> Up until the end right. fight between Sydney and um, uh, Stu and shit, Billy, uh, Johnny Depp from Wish dot com. What the hell, Ske Skeet Ulrich? Skeet Ulrich. That's like blood everywhere. <laughs> But the rest of the movie is pretty tame because I remember watching it with Colin and he's still not all in on horror. Like he's not going to sit down and watch something really scary or really gory, but he likes like these kind of movies. Uh, and he was fine with it the whole time. He's like, that wasn't even that scary. He was, so I was like, OK, cool. But like this right from the get go is just gore, gore, gore. Um, not crazy, but in a level that you haven't seen the franchise before. And I really liked it. I was upset they killed Samara Weaving. I will tell you that I was happy to see her in the movie. She was looking great. Oh, yeah. She got to use her own Australian accent, which just makes her hotter. Yeah. I, I took, as soon as she talked, I went, Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did like that scene and I'll agree with you and, and, and Mark, John, um, I, I agree. I thought that that's what they were going to do was that we were going to have a scream movie almost in reverse where the audience knows the killer, but the characters don't but they didn't do that yeah <laughs> so, i missed opportunity but we'll get into that but yeah I, I don't know if they just didn't have the the time to write that kind of script uh considering this came out in a year they but, didn't even have the time to film in new york city <laughs> i know i know they did their best to hide it but we'll get we're not these are things we liked things we liked. <laughs> i know <laughs> i love the cast um i love the core four characters I, I agree with you guys i thought chad really stepped up in this movie as a character uh, I liked him a lot. I love Mindy. 
uh, and her nerdiness being like related to Randy, obviously. Obviously, we love Jenna Ortega. She looked great at the end when she had jeans and a blue shirt on. But I got to tell you, Melissa Barrera as Sam is, oh, my God, that chick is hot, dude. Really? Oh, my God. I love her eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with you. I think she's, and this isn't a down. It's just kind of like uh, going along with you. She's as hot as she is not a great lead character, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. She she balances it out because and again I know I know we're not talking dislikes yet but th- that's another one it's like we I felt like we almost needed Sydney Prescott in this movie we'll get there we'll get there but I, I think she is extremely attractive and uh, I'm glad to see her on screen so not complaining there um, and and to echo you guys again with the ops is, is the set pieces that opening scene in with Samara weaving when he attacks them in her apartment and then they have to climb across the ladder that that was really good when um even the stuff at the end and we'll get into that but even the stuff at the end the action parts of it like the fights and the running around and all that was all good i liked all the set pieces the one in her apartment in gail's apartment was really really good too yeah so uh, they did a good job with their scenes but for the most part, that was really all I liked. I love the cast. I like a lot of the set pieces, but man, there has to be a movie in between all that stuff. And that's where it kind of falls apart. So let's do it, Mark. What did you not like about this movie? All right. So one of the first things that I did not like about this movie is that we experienced Scream 5, you know, and you have the sisters. Sam was away for a while and now she's back and, you know, she's never going to leave her sister again. And then you start this movie, and his sister's like, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, though, you didn't think they did a good job of showing that she was super overprotective? But she has a reason to be. Right. And I understand, like, you know, that's the, uh, God, Jenna Ortega's character. Um, I understand, like, that's, like, that's her thing. She survived this thing, and now she is willingly, wants the college experience, and willingly is going upstairs with this skeezy guy. And, you know, she's just throwing herself into, like, the worst situation. I get that for the character. But literally, a year ago, you were like, don't leave my side. We're together now. And within a year, she's like, all right, I'm done with you. Just stay away from me. And I could understand if it was like, oh, we got in a car crash. Or, (laughs) you know, like, oh, I fell down the stairs and broke my legs or something. Like, we all saw what happened in the last movie. You don't just kind of brush that off and go to a party. Seriously. Seriously. That, that's what I thought anyway, but you know, that's that's the way that they wrote her. The killer was somewhat easy to figure out and if I could figure it out then I don't think they did a good job at writing that script. Because Not at all. I'm always surprised by like, oh my god, that's who it is? Uh, especially in the last one. This one I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I pegged it like almost right off the bat. I'm like, that eh, would be too easy. But uh, yeah, that's what it, so the fact that I figured it out so quickly was a little bit annoying. Uh, the motivation of the Ghostface killers this time was paper thin. I mean, <laughs> they barely had an excuse to <laughs> to to make this killer. If you're, uh, oh yeah, we're in spoilers. If you're a cop and you find out that your son's a serial killer, you want to go on revenge to save him. You're not, I don't know, disappointed that your son's a serial killer. Maybe want to go down that path a little bit. Maybe. I don't know, do something because you're a cop? I, I don't know. That part annoyed the hell out of me. 
Um, as much as I love, see, okay, so this is the reason why I love the other screen movies. The first movie was a commentary on on slasher films, right? Second one's a commentary on sequels. Third one's a commentary on trilogies. Fourth one's a commentary on reboots. Fifth one's a commentary on requels. We don't have a lot of sequels to requels that has rules. So when it comes to the Randy scene where they have to explain the rules of the sequel to the requel and they say there are no rules, that doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? Like That, is, that means they could do almost anything. Well, it really doesn't mean anything when you think about something I didn't like about it, but I'll get into it in a minute. <laughs> so, so then you start thinking about, okay, well, what are good, like, requels that they're they're kind of patterned after? And you have, like, you know, The Last Jedi <laughs> or Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Uh, you know, there isn't really a lot of sequels to the, the requels that that have established rules. We haven't had a lot of them, so... That part kind of annoyed me. As much as I love the Randy scene, I hate the fact that there aren't really rules for this particular movie. Um, and I also hate the fact that they established that this ghost face is the most brutal ghost face that we've seen in all of the Scream movies. And yet everyone survives. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> he didn't kill it. Even Kirby made it, out of, made it out alive? Come on. Come on. So that annoyed the shit out of me. Uh, and then they brought back uh, uh, Force Ghost Skeet Ultrich. So I'm like, wait, I don't mind that. I don't uh, mind that, but they don't do a lot with it. <laughs> I, I minded. I minded the CGI in that scene, man. In those two scenes, it, it was brutal. It was brutal. Like you've already established in the doctor's office scene that she says that she still like heard her dad. So just use his voice. Don't yeah. use like don't use like the rock from the Scorpion King or, or Mummy Returns. <laughs> like level cgi in that reflection scene it looked it looked fucking awful it took me out of the movie a hundred percent both times when they showed that yeah i didn't think they really needed to have it in there and the fact that it's in there it's like all right if you're gonna put it in there at least make it a little more enticing at least make it hopefully lead to something and they're still kind of dangling this carrot of her being a killer or something but if they didn't have the balls to do the uh that we know that who the killer is from the beginning of the movie, they're not going to have the balls to make her like a killer or or whatever ideas they have by making her Billy's daughter. Right. I, I, don't, I don't have any faith in it after this movie. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all the things that I didn't like about it. John, hmm. what do you got? Um, all right. So I was disappointed that they didn't go the route of the, you know, of the this is the killer from the beginning. But that's OK. I understand. What I don't understand is when I left the theater, I texted my buddy and I said, I hope if I ever get brutally stabbed, I find out that I'm living in the Scream 6 universe because <laughs> everybody survived the most heinous shit in this movie. I wouldn't care if two of them died. I wouldn't care if even one of them seemed to die. Jenna Ortega is making out with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Jr. She gets stabbed from behind in, in the back. Then during the, the course of their the whole final fight, she gets stabbed in the gut again. At the end of the movie, she's standing outside of the ambulance with like a sling on. Like Sean, it reminded me of the movie Hobgoblins. Where one of the characters, uh, someone puts a hand grenade on them and they explode in a ball of fire. And then they show up at the end of the movie on crutches. Yeah, it, well, I mean... That this is where they got their their inspiration from because it's uh, this pissed me off. 
Um, I, I get it that you want the core four to be together. The one, the one turnaround in all this that I appreciated, even though it made no sense because he got fucked up, was I like the idea that Chad did this two times now. Because in Scream 5, right, he, he gets, like, attacked horribly mm-hmm. and then disappears. And if I remember correctly, he's, oh, he's on a stretcher. I thought that them doing that again this time was kind of like a cool little callback and, like, man, this guy's got nine lives. But, like, his sister gets gutted on, on, on the subway and then has a sling on. Um, the the girl that ends up dying on the ladder fall, she gets a, a knife buried in her and twisted and, and pulled she, up he and pulled, pulled it up like practically to her lungs right he almost like by bisects her and she's still able to crawl across a ladder like 10 stories high or whatever it was and then fall to her death i just felt like there was no stakes whatsoever in in most of the brutal violence to the point where i get it i understand we're in a horror movie and i understand that the killer has got to come back for one final like jump scare but could you have not picked the guy that got stabbed through the mouth uh into the like into probably the brain or the back of the head if it was his sister or the dad i i I don't even remember how the two of them died but i don't think it was as violent as either uh as what the brother was so so that was a problem for me um the ski or the little cgi that that was a minor problem um and yeah and i also just didn't feel like it you know they really pushed the new york element i didn't feel the new york element in the movie but the cast was good there was no one there that pissed me off it was mostly it was mostly the 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 level of violence inflicted on these characters and everybody being from fucking Krypton that bothered me. <laughs> well, at least it used its New York setting more than Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay, fair. That that most of that movie spent on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> that someone was watching at some point in the movie on TV, if I remember correctly. So yeah, so that's gonna be my big thing. Uh, also, you guys is. I don't want any of these characters to die because, like I said, I really like the main four characters. And obviously, I was ready to riot if anything happened to Jenna Ortega in this movie. But at the same token, like, there has to be some sort of stakes. Like, there has to be. And and like John said, you're seeing the most violent, gory, brutal ghost face we've ever seen. But everyone is Duke from G.I. Joe the movie. (laughs) (laughs) We're watching in our eyes. Our eyes are seeing them getting gutted and just ripped to shreds. And then there'll be a phone call. Oh, she's got a pulse. (laughs) We got a weak pulse. And they'll be like, oh, uh, just got back from the hospital. Gail's going to be okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gail survived, too. Like, she was fucking dead. And then at the end, they're like, oh, Gail made it. I'm like, give me a fucking break. So that just kills me. I And I, I appreciate if it was just one character. So chad kind of just being this guy that gets wrecked every movie and then somehow is just wheeled down on a stretcher to me that would be funny right like that's that's goofy and kind of fun every character in the entire movie being like that that it takes away one from that joke and it too it takes away from any stakes like there's i I didn't expect him to kill like sam or you know tara but you know when you're seeing these people getting gutted it's just like Something's got to happen. Something has to happen. Courtney Cox surviving to me was like the worst, most egregious of it. I don't know if that was added in post or what the fuck that was, but or after maybe audience screenings said they didn't like that she got killed or something. But man, like she got a piece of glass like shoved practically out her back. Yeah, and she's like, there. She's gonna be okay, guys. Like, <laughs> man, just killing me. Just killing me. I, I just I couldn't believe it. Um, 
going now i've said i love the cast and i do love hayden pantieri i do love her man back on on heroes lord she was hot i still think she's got it she still looks great oh yeah horrible in this movie horrible in this movie just her acting it felt like she walked in off the set of a different movie when she showed up like i I don't know what was going on she looked she looked great but man her acting was bad in this she was just really bad in this and she's supposed to be an fbi agent and then they they're teasing her as the killer so they're like well she's been off the grid or she's not been an agent for like months and then she, she, her pl- big plan is to go to the theater with no weapons and only one gun. I never said she was a good FBI agent. <laughs> That's right. She she made it through school, but it was only with D minuses. Um, yeah. So that was that was really frustrating. And the lack of uh, any use of the New York setting uh, other than the bodega was pretty frustrating. Man, uh, and I, I got this is going to be controversial, but I, I don't really think we need the legacy characters anymore. No, not at no, all. Not I don't. And I, there, there are people who are giving this movie like half a star out of five and being like, no Sydney, no scream. I, I don't know where she would even fit in this movie to begin with. And I don't even, I didn't even need a line about her. The line about her was sad enough. Like I, it felt like, Courtney Cox turned to the camera to tell the fans like, Hey, she deserves a happy ending. Leave her alone. <laughs> right. But I don't, I, th- I thought Courtney Cox was superfluous in this movie. There was no need for her to be here in this movie. I get it that those characters would have a connection to these killings, but man, for her to just be here, it, it just, there, it added nothing. And then she wasn't even in the final scene. So you're like, oh. okay, well, she'll be part of the final showdown. But no, they take her off the table halfway through, and then that's it. Oh, her character died until someone rewrote it like three months later. Well, yeah. then don't have her in the fucking movie. Yeah, and that was the the other thing. And at the end of part five, you know, Dewey dies, and she's like, oh, I'm gonna write a book about Dewey, the cop that tried to do good. You know, she's she's changed their ways. And then you start this movie off, and she's like, oh, I wrote a book about the killing. Like five didn't even happen. That's an, another story point that they completely changed for this one, just to have the characters, you know, be at odds with each other. I felt bad for her boyfriend. The fucking guy died, and then Ghostface makes fun of him and like says something about, "Well, all those muscles didn't help." And she's like, "Nope." Like she didn't even give a shit. Like, wow, this woman's hard. I just, I, I just don't get. It. I don't need these legacy characters in the movies anymore. Um, and the, so this was another thing that killed me. The ghost face is in Gail's apartment. We have to get there. They steal the car. They're driving there. Meanwhile, the sun goes down. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Super and bad. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's it's midnight, and um, Ghostface is still in her house. Why didn't they call the police? When, like The only way for them to save Gail was to drive through New York traffic to her apartment. There was no, no. other way they could possibly have saved her. Like. They had to drive from Montreal to New York City, man. That's like six that's, hours. That's a long drive. They had to stop at Club Super Sex on the way. <laughs> but, um, Jesus, like it just—I didn't understand. Like, like they—they they took off and they had a cop car. So then they make a point of saying they stole the cop's car. They're going to turn on the sirens, so that means the other cars are going to move out of the way. But it still took them all that time to get there. So long the sun went down. Yeah, they stopped at a Sabaro. <laughs> oh God. It, it, they stopped at Midtown Comics or something. I don't know, but it, it that was a weird p- 
piece of the movie like that that like felt so disjointed and, and like it didn't work at all i don't mind him attacking her or that and i like we all said we loved that that set piece but it was just set up weird it didn't seem to make sense continuity wise in the movie so very disappointed there um and then of course like you said mark the killer's motivation was horrendous um, oh my god it had nothing to do with sydney or the the like original cast at all so yeah mm -hmm. they didn't need the legacy characters at all i don't mind it being tied to um the guy from the boys from the from the fifth movie at all i don't mind it because that's kind of what these movies do it's all tied together with different superfluous characters coming back for revenge that's fine but it was so convoluted and it was like okay so what i did to get back at you when i found out you were going to school in new york was i transferred to the new york police department <laughs> then i rented out a theater in some other guy's names and then i moved all this stuff here and <laughs> the best was uh how did uh, the girl survive um because they saw her dead in the bathtub they saw him take the body out and he's like well i snuck back in and added a different body with prosthetics on it like what are you talking about yeah that that to me was the worst there because like that okay, that was also the scene i'm sorry i was gonna say that was also the scene where i i think i realized he was the killer because he says after he comes out of the apartment he says to one of the girls he says i've already lost a son now i've lost a daughter they never talked about a son at all and i'm like is, is he the i didn't know if he was the father of the kid from five but i'm like i think he's the fucking killer because that was just a weird random line yeah i think the the true and we've said this with other movies, you know, I think the true through line of this movie should have been those first get that um, flash Thompson yeah. is the killer. And we know, and they don't know. And then that the movie kind of progresses from there. Yep. Whereas they tried to make it this big thing with three killers and blah, blah, blah. And it just did not work at all. It just didn't work. And it's such a letdown at the end when the, the final part is so dumb it just it, it just makes you leaving the movie theater like a wet fart like like this is this is awful like what the fuck is this i i don't know and then the i'll agree with you too mark the last thing i didn't like about it was the speech you know it just felt like we had to have this the randy speech right but it didn't didn't really go anywhere like it i, I don't know and, and it was funny to say there are no rules no one is safe except everyone's safe because nobody dies in this movie <laughs> and the only people that die are the people that we have no connection to at all so right. are weaving flash thompson uh the roommate the uh, hot asian girl <laughs> fell off the ladder right um, every other character <laughs> is like alive or the killer just yeah i mean and and again please out there don't get it twisted there are things to like about this movie but i had pretty high expectations and i was pretty let down by the script being so bad um you know these guys that made this movie they also made ready or not which is one of my favorite movies that year it came out uh, and i thought scream 5 was good i liked it so you know i had a kind of high expectation for it and it just didn't meet those expectations at all so before we rate this movie are you guys in for scream 7 john if you invite me back, I am. <laughs> and otherwise, I'm also like in it for like Sunday night with my wife, like watching a movie. But like, am I excited about Scream Step? No, fuck no. I, I, at the end of this movie, when the main character drops the the ghost face mask and like walks off, I I knew that they probably greenlit Scream Step, Scream Seven. But in my head, I thought perfect, perfect, ended here. You know, let's just stop right now. Um, but yeah, so if you invite me back, absolutely. 
Uh, casual watch, absolutely excited about no fucking way. Filming this fall. <laughs> oh, man. Is I'm it really? Joking. Yes, I'm not joking. Good Lord. Marcellus Reagan, Scream 7, R-U-N. You're not going to have a choice, but. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know right? Is there a choice? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, just like John, I'm not excited for it. I would definitely go see it because I do like these characters. I would like to see if they actually kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> uh i do like chad uh i do like uh jenna ortega so yeah i'll go see it just to see it but you know like we already said they don't have any real rules to establish uh that it's gonna follow so you know it has to stand on its own it has to be the trailer better be really really cool if it's like oh here's uh some weird character from part three from the tv show (laughs) oh jesus (laughs) mtv presents the Scream Cinematic Universe. That, that's what's going to happen. Mark, uh, what if in the uh, trailer it's like somehow Matthew Lillard returned? Dude, you joke about that. That's all. I'll guarantee that's going to happen. <laughs> we don't know how somehow he returned. Chad um, just sighs and looks down. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm not excited for it, but I will go see it uh, mainly because uh, it'll be a trilogy, so maybe they'll stick the landing. But I want to see this one just took the train right off the tracks. I want to see where it goes from here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll go see Scream 7 because I'm not going to have a choice. But I'm in the same boat as you guys. The excitement I had going from 5 to 6 is completely deflated again. And I feel like I was after 4. Where I was like, okay, that was okay. But I don't really care. And now here we are again. We're back to being deflated about Scream. <laughs> so, you know, um, I'll definitely see it. At, uh, yeah, they're going to they really need to be working on the script, which doesn't sound like they're going to give them time to do again. So hopefully we get some cool kills and at least uh, keeps the clock running for a couple hours. So our life uh, dwindles away as we sit in the movie theater. But otherwise, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be super excited. I'm not going opening night or um to like a fan ex- exclusive screening or anything like that. I'm not going to get my special Batman coin or whatever. Like we did. <laughs> but all right. The only thing left to do is we got to score it zero to five with five being the best and zero being the worst. John from the pints pop culture podcast. What do you got for scream six? Uh, all right. Well, I'll be honest. Uh, it's dropped with this conversation. <laughs> it wasn't high. But this happens on our show, too, where I start to really talk about it. And I'm like, oh, Christ. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with like a 2.25, two and a quarter. Okay. It, it, it's got some good moments, good gore. Um, you know, like, like we said, good set pieces. But, man, it fails in just about every other way in terms of setting, the overall setting. Who cares? It really didn't matter. Maybe, maybe Scream 7, they'll film it in uh, New York City, but say it's Montreal. Maybe they'll do that this time. I don't know. <laughs> um but yeah it it just they're gonna do tokyo they're gonna do scream seven tokyo drift you know what if it's filmed in tokyo then let's do it (laughs) um yeah i don't know so i I go 2.25 it just it didn't and again you just said they're filming the new one in the fall i'm hoping that they wrote it at the same time maybe as this one so that has a little bit of maybe you know they had a little bit more time to tweak it because this one certainly feels like what it was, like rushed out a year after. Because again, like Scream 5 or Scream, whatever it's called, came out like 11 or 10 years after 4. 
So I don't know if they just didn't expect it to do well and then it did great and they're like, fuck, we got to put another one out and it just feels like they rushed another one out. Yeah. Well, guess what? They're rushing another one out. So yeah, <laughs> Markellis Reagans, what about you? Uh, yeah, like John, my score definitely went down as we've been talking about it. Uh, I'm going to, you know, because it's still a popcorn movie, it's still somewhat enjoyable. Uh, I do like the characters. I'm going to give it a three. Three out of five. Okay. What was your score before we started talking? It was a three and a half. Okay. Okay. Whew, I thought you were like four and a half. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, you know, we've talked about it again and again and again, but the script fails this movie on every single level. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to give it. I'm like, I'm, I'm twisting right now. I am going to go with a two out of five. Wow. Uh, it's just it's just not good you know the the good parts are good but they aren't good enough to outweigh the bad in this movie and yeah. that's the sad part you know that subway set set piece is fucking great even though a lot of it was ruined in the trailer um but it's not enough to overcome the dumbness of the script that last half quarter when the killers are revealed the chasing and fighting and stabbing is great but the story is so bad that you're just sitting there like what the fuck is this so two out of five for me uh i still love jenna ortega i still love melissa barrera but uh, man they deserve better they deserve better so that's it that's our review of scream six maybe we got it right maybe we got it wrong feel free to hit us up on social media and let us know what you thought. And now we're going to wrap it up before we tap it up, get some recommendations for you guys out there. John, please tell us once again, where people can find the pint and give us a recommendation for the listeners out there. All right. So if you go to Twitter or Instagram, it's at the pint podcast, go to any of your podcasting apps. You'll find it there. The pint, a pop culture podcast. Uh, and yeah, just check us out. Uh, we have a tea public store. We have a Patreon slash the pint. So if you uh, end up liking what you hear there, you can go there and you know how to work all that stuff. Uh, recommendations. I'm going to go with uh, earlier in the episode, we were talking about a movie that I, I couldn't remember the name of. I'm going to go with uh, Andy Sedaris's Hard Ticket to Hawaii. That's the name of the movie. If you're looking for a action film with a lot of, uh, of blonde ladies in different um uh, clothes that enhance their, their bosoms and a lot of machine guns being shot and a lot of really stupid, goofy fun. And let's not forget a toilet snake. Then you're going to want to check out hard ticket to Hawaii. Cause it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Markellis Riggins. How about you? Uh, hold on. Ticket to Hawaii. Okay. Mark, write that one down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in honor of, uh, Academy Award winner Michelle Yeoh, uh, who won Best Actress for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I'm going to recommend two movies that are streaming uh, that I haven't watched, but somehow feels like they would fit right in. Uh, number one is called Yes, Madam. It's Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock. <laughs> yes! As uh, almost like a rush hour type of thing. Two cops working together to beat the bad guys. Uh, it's streaming on Amazon Prime. So if you have that, you can watch it. Uh, if you want to see her in a more serious role, she played uh, 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 and she's in a historical biopic. I don't know the lady's name, but the name of the movie is called The Lady. And it's written and directed by Luke Bassan, the director of uh, The Fifth Element and La Femme Nikita, uh, who puts Michelle Yeoh in a dramatic 
uh, historical dramatic movie and not an action movie, which is weird. Uh, but that one is streaming on Tubi. It it could be good. It's all about Myanmar. So big ups to Myanmar. <laughs> Hell yeah, Myanmar. We love you guys. Um, all right. Well, I will suggest that you go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. There's links to all our video and Patreon content as well at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or just about anywhere under the sun you find podcasts. We'll be there. Check out our aforementioned YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash so is our podcast. There are hours of free exclusive content there. Don't forget to check out our Patreon at patreon.com backslash so is our podcast where you can monetarily support the show and get extra exclusive content. I will also suggest a Michelle Yeoh movie. I got to tell you, I was on the verge of tears watching the Oscars last night. I was so happy to see everything everywhere all at once sweep most of the major categories people don't get it i know people are like oh i don't like this movie or blah blah but man it's great to see not just the asian uh representation which is fantastic but also a fucking weird genre movie winning probably the first one since uh return of the king really right yeah exactly Uh, it's always great to see the academy somehow find it in their heart to recognize awesome genre movies so fuck yeah Um, but the first time i ever saw michelle yo in a movie was in 1996 when Super Cop came to theaters. Uh, Police Story 3, colon, Super Cop. Uh, her and Jackie Chan. It's a fucking awesome movie. It's so long ago that I saw this that my wife actually saw this in the movie theater with me. <laughs> <laughs> Which to me sounds like another planet or a multiverse. I don't can't imagine that happening today. But um, uh, it's fantastic. It's not streaming for free anywhere, but... You, it's like a couple bucks to rent it on Amazon or YouTube or all the regular places. So uh, Police Story 3 colon Super Cop. It's fucking awesome. And it was the first time anybody out in the West really saw her. And she was matching Jackie Chan move for move in this thing. So you knew she was special all the way back then. So check it out. And head out to theaters and check out Shazam colon Fury of the Gods. Because that, my friends, is what we unfortunately will be reviewing next week when we hit up episode 450 of the podcast (laughs) in a row with no breaks so we'll be excited to review shazam too so go check it out and come on back but that's going to do it for episode number 449 i have been your host joey DiCarlo, my co-host from the pint john as we say on the pint see ya (laughs) and the expert mr marquee mark ellis reagan's everybody have yourself a great week and wakanda forever We'll see you guys next week. Good journey.